to be with you today. So I went for a um, large walk around the city on Friday with a friend who's here from the States and um, woke up yesterday and couldn't walk properly, hey? <laughs> you know, you're getting older when you hurt your foot by walking. So if I'm not very mobile today, that's why I kind of limping less today, but, you know, still a little bit in pain. So, um, yeah, so it's the 5th of November, church. Can you believe it? 5th of November, and if you're like us, you're kind of thinking about 2024. You know, what's that going to be like? What's God going to do? What do I need to do? And, you know, you're thinking of direction, and it's a really good time of the year to lay everything out before God and just ask God, you know, what is it you want from me, me, God? You know, what do you want me to pick up? What do you want me to put down? What do you want me to continue in? And in order to do this, you know, we need to be hearing from God, hearing the voice of God. And, you know, I've been meditating a lot on God's voice and listening for it. Um, even during our, our fast in September when we did the 10 days, you know, I was really listening for God's voice and asking for that direction. And, you know, um, I grapple with hearing the voice of God. I don't know if anybody can relate to that. Um, I was listening to Joel Holm the other day and he goes, you know, I don't have a prophetic bone in my body. And that, that kind of made me laugh. Like, I don't know if you really should say that, but, you know, I feel him because some people, you know, they're, they really move in the prophetic and there's visions and dreams and words and all those things. But I don't naturally tend to have those things, you know, like I'm really anchored in the practical, um, you know, and so get, yeah, amen, hey. Get all those things done, but you know. Um, so I don't know if anyone can relate to that. So I really grapple with that when you're hearing the voice of God. You know, is that you, God? Are you speaking? You know, what is it you're saying? But something that I always come back to is John ten, and John ten says that my sheep hear my voice, and they know me, and they follow me, and that is a promise for us. So we're just going to unpack that passage a little bit because if we genuinely desire to seek God and to hear his voice, he will make himself known to you in a way that you can understand and relate to. So um, let's pray before we begin. So Lord, we really want to hear from you this morning. And we just open our hearts. We open our hearts to the unexpected and to the things you might want to say that we're not expecting this morning. Holy Spirit, make us more aware of you. Help us to put aside distractions and to just really listen this morning for that still, small voice. Thank you for being here, Lord. Thank you for your presence. Amen. So when you, you, know, you want to start to learn about something, you begin to see it everywhere. It's like when you buy a certain type of car and then you see it everywhere on the road, right? Everybody else has that car too. And so I started looking in the Bible about hearing do you know how many times the word hearing and hear is in the Bible? It's, it's like everywhere. It's throughout the entire Bible. And something that hasn't changed from right from the start of the Bible right to the end is God's requirement to hear his voice and obey his word. So in the Old Testament, when God spoke directly to people, then under the law and under the priesthood, and then in the Gospels and through the Holy Spirit, we always, God is always saying, hear my voice, obey my word. That hasn't changed. And in Exodus 15, 26, it says, if you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God 
and do that which is right in his eye. So it's always listening and doing. And give ear to his commandments and keep his statutes. I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians. So that's right after he led them out of Egypt. And then Deuteronomy 28 verse 1, which is, it won't come up, but it says, If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, carefully observe his commandments, then all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Does anyone want blessing to come upon them and overtake them? I do, yeah. And then we see in Proverbs, it says, a wise man will hear and increase in learning. And um, it says, incline your ear to wisdom. And inclining is that kind of, you know, that leaning over and leaning into God and saying, God, I want to hear from you. And then in the Gospels, it's, it's everywhere. You know, people pressed around Jesus to hear him. They wanted to hear what he had to say. And multitudes came to hear him. And in Luke 8, and a couple of other times actually, Jesus cries out. It said, he cried, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. You know, we have to be willing to hear the voice of God. Oswald Chambers describes Christians as those who have come into a relationship with God through Jesus, whereby their disposition or, you know, who you are, your inherent qualities have been altered, their ears unstopped. And they hear a still, small voice. And it's only when we come to know Jesus that we truly hear. So um, today's message, as I said, is based on John 10. And I'm going to read a few little excerpts out of there, verses 1 to 5, 14 to 16, and 27 to 30. So if you want to turn there in your Bibles, go ahead. And it will come up on the screen as well. So I'm going to read from verses 1 to 5. I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he's gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me just as my father knows me and I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not in the sheepfold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. And then verse 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. I mean, those are such encouraging, amazing verses, aren't they? And, you know, just to give a bit of context, because, you know, not all of us are shepherds here. And, um, you know, I don't know who grew up on a farm, but I, I certainly didn't. I've seen sheep like on a hill, you know, I don't really know much about sheep and shepherds, but, you know, to the people in Jesus's day, it would have been instantly recognizable. Everything that Jesus talked about, about sheep and shepherds would have been very familiar to everyone. So I just wanted to give us a bit of background, um, especially that first one in verses one to five. So uh, shepherds from surrounding areas would bring all of their flocks into like a shared pen or a corral, as they called it. And there would be many flocks there from different shepherds, and they would all shelter there for the night. 
and the gatekeeper would then guard them so the shepherds could sleep and things. And then in the morning, the shepherds, each different shepherd would come to the gatekeeper. The gatekeeper would open the gate and they'd come in. And then the shepherd, you know, would call out or whatever way he used to call the sheep. And out from among the massive flock, just his sheep would separate themselves out and come out. And the rest of the sheep would just stay where they were and ignore that voice because they didn't know it. I mean, that's an amazing analogy, isn't it? So those who knew that voice would separate themselves out and come out. And they knew from experience that this was a sound they could trust. And it meant good things were ahead. And all the other sheep would just ignore the sound because it meant nothing to them. And this theme of sheep and shepherds, it spreads its way through the, through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And Jesus talks a lot about sheep. He sees us, his followers, as sheep whom he knows and he loves and he serves. There were shepherds around at his birth. You know, his birth was announced to shepherds in the field. He spoke about lost sheep. He described himself as the gate of the sheepfold and the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. And after his death, he commissions Peter to feed his sheep and reminds his followers that sheep are helpless without a shepherd. So what's the role of the shepherd? Like, what is he like? Well, he knows those that are his. He calls them by name and marks them for himself. You are marked by God, for God. He leads them out to good pastures. He feeds them and makes them rest. He speaks comfort to them and guards them. He guides them by his spirit and his word, and he goes before them. And just a commentary I was reading, and this is interesting as well, because, you know, in this day and age, like, how do we know who are the true sheep? There are wolves in sheep's clothing, and there are false prophets, and we're told that they are all around, and they're in the church as well. But it says, those who are truly sheep of Christ will be very observant of their shepherd and cautious and shy of strangers. They follow their shepherd for they know his voice and they have a discerning ear and an obedient heart. So how do you know his true sheep? They'll be very observant of their shepherd and they will want to obey him and have a discerning ear. So I just want to talk through some things now that we've got a good background. Like as we seek God and we listen for him for 2024, what are some things we need to be aware of? Well, the first thing that we need to be aware of is that he doesn't always say what we expect him to. And now I'm not talking here about um, contradicting the word of God. So if you hear something that is contrary to the word of God, well, that's not God. I'm also saying that when God speaks the unexpected to you, in John 10, we see the Pharisees, they were expecting someone to come speaking things that they were expecting to hear. They were expecting a certain image or, or a picture. But, you know, Jesus came saying very different things. Uh, and they were so offended by what Jesus said, they actually tried to stone him and arrest him. And his words caused division. So God operates in a way that's contrary to the world. He says, give your life away to find it. Those who serve are the greatest. Don't worry about what you'll wear or what you'll eat. Pray in secret. Love your enemies. You know, it's clear that he doesn't think or work according to the way we think he does. And sometimes he will lead us in a direction we weren't expecting. You know, he asked Abraham to leave his home. He probably wasn't expecting that. 
but he sees a much bigger picture for your life, one that includes an eternal focus. So he's not focused on building us a secure future here on earth. He's interested in shaping us for eternity. Although he does look after us here on earth, but he sees your whole future and he knows what's best for you. So when you hear something unexpected, test it according to his word and seek counsel, but don't be surprised. God often leads his people on unexpected paths. Has anyone ever been led on an unexpected path? (laughs) Yeah, I have for sure. The second thing is, Sometimes he's saying something we don't want to hear. This is a hard one, right? Every person who heard Jesus had the opportunity to believe in him and follow him. And in John 5, this is Jesus talking to the Pharisees. He says, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. But these are they, the scriptures are they which testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me. And the Pharisees heard the words of Jesus but they would have had to acknowledge that everything that they have done, their whole life, everything they'd built, wasn't right. And most of them couldn't do it. But you know that God is so drawn to humility. God is so drawn to people who acknowledge their need of him and who acknowledge they don't have it all together. Psalm 25.9 says, He leads the humble in doing right, teaching them his way. And Pastor Tuck in a recent message shared how he went to Malawi and there were these people in such humble situations, you know, with a, with a church that was just, um, just a roof. And God moved and came, you know, he's so drawn to humility and Jesus came in very humble circumstances. Jesus was so humble. So thankfully, unlike the Pharisees who rejected Jesus, The good news is that for those of us who've accepted Jesus as our shepherd, he will not give up in seeking us out and persisting with us, even when we're not listening very well. You know, Jonah heard from God, and God was like, go to Nineveh, and he was like, I don't want to do that. No, thank you. I'm just going to go the other way. And, you know, God had to get him swallowed by a large fish. So let's not be swallowed by a fish, right? So, you know, sometimes we do ignore his voice, but, you know, that still voice persists. And it's like sheep walking up a hill, and it's hot, and and you're tired, and and it's dusty, and you want to rest, but the shepherd knows that just over that hill, there's a stream, and there's green pastures. But they don't know that, and maybe one decides, I had enough, I'm just going to go my own way, and wanders off. And the shepherd doesn't go, it's all good, I've got 99 still. No, you know, he goes after the one and he comes after us and his voice persists. And sometimes we can find ourselves a little unsettled when that's happening, you know, when God is speaking and we're not listening. And Tassie and I had this situation, it was more me than him, but um, it was a season where we were very unsettled and we were unhappy and I had a lot of tears during that season, and the shepherd could see that the sustenance, the grass was brown. It was a barren place. You know, the sustenance and the food had run out, and he was trying to move us on, and I was like, no, thank you. I'm, I'm fine here. I don't want to move. And that continued for quite a while. Hey, <laughs> I wasn't listening very well, and God was trying to move us on, but eventually... I listened, you know, we moved, and it was just the best decision ever, and he really led us into a green pasture. 
um, actually to this church, and it's been amazing. So the shepherd sees what we can't see. And so when he's saying something you may not want to hear, you know, change jobs, do this or, or sacrifice this, you know, that's hard to hear, but he, he knows your future, trust him, and he will work all things for your good. And just the third thing that we need to be aware of as we seek God is that it takes time to get to know his voice. So don't be discouraged, you know, if you feel like you're not hearing God's voice. It doesn't happen overnight. You know, it takes a building of relationship and understanding of who the voice belongs to. And God speaks in many ways. He's so creative. Just as everybody in this room is unique and different, so God speaks in different ways to us. But here's some of the ways that he speaks. You know, Scripture. This is the best way to know your shepherd and test what you think you're hearing as well. You know, don't just think of the Bible as a book that you read. It is the living word of God. It is living and it is God-breathed. And you can sometimes open your Bible and there will be a verse or, or something that speaks straight into your situation. So God can speak through his word. And then there's the prophetic, which I kind of mentioned at the beginning. You know, some of you may be prophetic and you get pictures and visions and dreams, you know, and that can be um, a weighty thing to steward. But, you know, I encourage you to step out on those things if you're a prophetic person. And God can use us all prophetically, of course, you know, and he does use us all. Um, but also we can benefit great, greatly from receiving those prophetic words, you know, so be open to that as well. You know, he may speak through music and worship and creation, many different ways. But I think probably the most common way that a lot of us experience God is through his spirit, that still small voice or that impression on your spirit. So God is the Holy Spirit, right? So, you know, sometimes I think we can be like there's God and there's the Holy Spirit. But God is the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit dwells in you. Now, that's amazing just to get your head around for a moment, like God dwells in you. So, of course, he's going to be speaking and leading from inside you, from that still small voice, from those impressions that you get. You know, we are temples of the Holy Spirit. And that indwelling of the Spirit is why all of you will walk away today with something different from this message. As the Holy Spirit speaks individually to all of you in this room, I may not even say what you hear, but the Holy Spirit will speak to you. So expect Him. Expect Him to speak to you this morning. And, you know, when we hear God in this way, it can be, you know, a little bit, is that you, God, like I shared at the beginning? We may grapple a little bit with if we're hearing God. And I think it's always a good thing to wait and pray and fast and to seek counsel and ask other people to pray with you when you're in that space. Prayer and fasting are a key to hearing God. Our minds become clearer, our hearts more sensitive, and distractions fade, and then we can sense us leading in a new way. So if God has spoken something unexpected to you or maybe something you don't necessarily want to hear, fast and pray. You know, I've shared this before, but when I felt called to homeschool, I rarely grappled with it because it was unexpected and it wasn't necessarily what I wanted to hear. You know, I'm married to a teacher 
my mum was a teacher, my dad was a university lecturer, I was a teacher aide, like least likely to homeschool category, right? So it was very unexpected. But, you know, I had that impression and I waited though because I also, you know, that was during COVID and lockdowns and vaccine mandates. I didn't want to make a decision out of fear either. So I, I prayed and I, and I waited and that's a good thing to do. But what if you've waited and you've prayed and you fasted, and you're still not 100% sure, well, then you need to step out. You know, trust your shepherd that he's going to lead you. You know, it's always hear the voice of the Lord and obey. And we've heard that from Deuteronomy and Exodus, but just a verse in James, uh, verses 22 to 25. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. So when I'm making a decision and I'm not 100% sure, I always kind of weigh it up in the light of eternity. Do I want to stand before God and say, God, I think I heard you. I was pretty sure, but I wasn't 100% sure, so I didn't do it. Or would you want to come before God and say, I'm pretty sure I heard you, God, and so I did it, so I obeyed. You know, and we won't always get things right, and that's okay. But, you know, if we have that heart that just seeks to obey God and, and follow his word, you know, he's going to work things out for us. Lisa Bevere says it really well. She says, don't let the fear of missing God keep you from moving forward. On the surface, the fear of missing God sounds noble. But time has taught me that the enemy uses it to entrap people. He knows the one way to stop the pure-hearted is to freeze them with the fear of making a wrong move. He knows that the immobilized cannot follow. I actually believe that if your heart is pure, it's nearly impossible to miss God because he's promised us that if we will seek him with all our heart, he will be found by us. So I encourage you to put in that effort to hear him, to diligently listen for the voice of God. And then once you have prayed and fasted and sought counsel, you know, trust him and step out. Step out. It's exciting adventure we get to go on following our shepherd. You know, we may not always see ahead, but he does. And it's only the voice of the shepherd that can lead us to safety. You know, not just safety, but green pastures and abundant life. That's what's waiting for us as we follow the shepherd. And if you're here this morning and you're, you're kind of thinking, oh, I don't really hear from God, you know, I'm not sure, then I want you to stand on his word. John 10, 27 it says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. That is a promise for you. If you sincerely desire to know him and follow him, then he will speak to you. He will lead you and guide you. There's this... Um, book series that I love, and I will order it for the library sometime soon, um, but it's called Sensible Shoes, so 
especially for the ladies. Um, sensible Shoes by, um, if you put the next slide up, it'll show the, the author. So she says, I was putting all of my confidence in my ability to hear God instead of placing confidence in his desire to speak in a way I could understand. You know, always keep your confidence in him and his abilities rather than in your abilities. Mm. So I pray this has been helpful for you as you begin to look at 2024. And I pray that you will go and ask God. You know, don't just let things continue as they've been going. God may, may say just continue on, but, you know, really go and seek God for 2024. What does he want you to do next year? What does he want you to pick up? He may ask you to put something down or work on something within your character. So I'm just going to get um, the band up. And we're going to do something just a little different. We're going to spend a few minutes just listening for God as the music plays. You know, maybe there's something specific you're asking God for 2024. You know, there's a question, should I go this way or, or this way, God? You know, I've got a few options open to me. So maybe bring that before God now in this time and just ask him to speak. Or maybe you just want to sit. And let him speak whatever you, whatever, you know, whatever he wants to say to you this morning.